0: Welcome, Burt Gang. That's right, it's a victory Monday, the best kind of Monday. On today's show, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. The offense started out good and ended on a good note, but in between, just a lot of eh. Thankfully, the defense came to play. They stepped up when it mattered most. Time for us to step up. It's Cardinals cover two, episode 480, and it starts now. Find ways to win and I think MJ this Cardinals team on Sunday found another way to a victory 17 to 10 they beat the 49ers it was not always pretty but at the end of the day it was a W 5 and 0 they maintain that undefeated mark the only team that can claim that's plus a one game lead in the NFC West but it's nice to have a team that can come away with a win on a Sunday when they don't play their best. And I don't think this was a good Cardinals performance on Sunday. It was good enough.
1: I would agree with that. And, you know, maybe uh, us and Cardinal fans have been spoiled what transpired in the first four games, you know, putting up over over 30 points per game, putting up over 400 yards. And, you know, they're not going to be layups every week. And, And it's a division game. And you know, when you are it's a division game, they're very familiar with your personnel, so you're really not going to blow anybody out. Yeah, You'll have some exceptions the way they played against the Rams. But this team has faced adversity uh, in Week 2 against the Vikings. Uh, granted, they did miss the field goal. Cardinals couldn't control that. They faced a little adversity against Jacksonville. Uh, they were dominating in, in the Rams game. So um, it's the NFL. Those guys get paid too. And it th- was really telling to me that after the game, Kyler Murray – he quickly said that that's the best defensive front in football, and and I was like, okay, he's saying that over the ramps. And let's be honest, they have had Kyler Murray's number since he's been here. Now Bosa, obviously, you know, is is healthy and he's he's getting to the quarterback, but uh, and you know some of the things, but they faced adversity throughout the season already. And the fact is, yes. I used the I used the word sloppy last night. I just uh, when it came to the offense, I think it's more they were couldn't find their rhythm even though they did score um, early uh, you know, a lot of three and uh, they were three for ten on, on third down. I guess my point is, um, what they did in the fourth quarter, the last four minutes of the game, that prevailed uh, prevailed them to get the victory. But you got to give the defense a ton of credit.
0: And when we say not good, I think we're and with like a lot of people focusing on the offense and what we saw offensively for four quarters. And certainly, yeah, the defense was outstanding for that contest, especially in a lot of situations. Yet, at the end of the day, it is a W, and it is a division win, and those are always, one, they count more. And then, two, those are always difficult. And I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, look, it's the 49ers. They're two and three. No, anytime you play a division opponent, and this goes for any division across the National Football League, at least in my opinion, those games are always the most difficult because those are the teams that know you the best. And that is a Kyle Shanahan coach team that maybe doesn't have the quite right now all the talent that they want and they're banged up. Yet, at the end of the day, they're still going to bring it, and they fought all the way to the end and nearly surprised the Cardinals. It would have been a bad loss, but at the end of the day, the Cardinals walked off the field on Sunday with a victory. Again, the final score, 17-10, to 10, as we discussed it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to talk about the offense a little bit later on because I do think the defense needs to be highlighted. DeAndre Hopkins called it championship football specifically stopping the 49ers on one two three four different fourth down tries the 49ers one of five on fourth down the only one that they converted was a fourth and five in the second quarter other than that fourth and two fourth and one fourth and one fourth and four. First time in at least the last 40 years an NFL team has had four stops on fourth down in a single game That according to the Elias Sports Bureau. Wow.
1: You know, what's interesting is, you know, at times we kind of thought they were going to, you know, um, I guess, uh, shrink the game plan for Trey Lance. It's interesting because they were able to run the football, but in those short yardage situations, that's when the defense uh, got bigger, so to speak. and. It was different guys. I mean, J.J. Watt, you could see the upside why the Cardinals went out and got him. He, he still has a lot in the tank. And then you look at a guy like Zach Allen and Rashard Lawrence and Leckie too and Corey Peters. I mean, it's just interesting how teams can run the ball on them. But when it comes to this short yardage, and they were 3-for-10 on third down, uh, let alone going 1-for-5. And, and the Cardinals made four huge stops uh, to obviously allow their offense to you know win the game at the end. Do you have a favorite fourth down
0: stop? And I think the obvious is the goal line stop. Isaiah Simmons and Tanner Vallejo stopping Trey Lance short of the goal line. There is the um, Zayvon Collins stop of Trey Lance. That was the first fourth down stop. There's the J.J. Watt tip ball, the final fourth down stop and then there was the Zach Allen stop of Kyle Juszczyk on the direct snap to the 49ers fullback so those were the four
1: I'm going stops. with the letter
0: which one the Juszczyk yep okay now that happened in the fourth quarter that was before the J.J. Watt tip ball but at that point 10-7 and it's fourth and one at the Cardinals 48 yard line after the Cardinals had punted And then all of a sudden, they're getting a little momentum. I was talking about the 49ers offensively, and it was a new look, late under center, use check. And he had very little room, and there were a number of black shirts in the vicinity, but Zach Allen, who's got credited for the stop.
1: Well, you could see that once they went to that formation, they knew that he was going to try to run up the middle. And they, they put a wall up there. So if, if, if he's in the gun, Lance, or something different, maybe your linebackers are, are backing off a little bit. But, you know, the D-line, they were coming. It was a wall right there. So in just the uh, the down and distance and the time of the game, uh, I'll take the latter one with the Ush- uh, Kyle Ush- check play. So better than the goal line, stop. Well, I mean, that was earlier in the game. But if, if they score there... Um, but if they score there, the game is tied. I understand, and they they only give up one touchdown. So I mean, I love that hit. I'm I'm glad everyone's okay. Um, I mean, I I guess I'm i we're splitting hairs here because to me that would that was a game-changing play. Um, just from you know you get the ball back, he fumbles. It's another turnover. He had an interception to Buddha earlier in the game. All of a sudden, you get in his head a little bit. Um, but that was a huge hit, and you know Chandler's chasing him from the backside, and then you got Isaiah Simmons, and then Vallejo, and they, and again, I I know it's a physical sport, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but man, that was just like
0: boom. It was loud enough for us in the press box behind enclosed glass, yes. with a sold-out State Farm Stadium to hear the impact all the way up in press row, and. Fortunately, Isaiah Simmons did return after missing some time being evaluated for a concussion. But once again, you're seeing Tanner Vallejo on the field making another stop at the goal line. They both got half a sack, credited with a half a sack. But you know what, as, as much of an impact that made, literally and figuratively, I'm going to have to go with you and, and look at those two fourth quarter fourth down stops the stop a use check and then the J.J. Watt tip ball because you look at that sequence Mm the 49ers score Debo Samuel 13 yard run with a minute 42 to go in the third quarter so it's 10-7 Cardinals clinging to a three-point lead they get the ball Cardinals do and they punt 49ers turnover on downs that's the Zach Allen stop on you check Cardinals offense returns to the field runs two plays fumble Chase Edmonds First lost fumble of the season. Defense goes out, makes another stop. That's the J.J. Watt tip ball turnover on downs. Then the offense regroups, marches downfield, and the Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins touchdown that. It didn't seal the win, but you gave the Cardinals and everyone in the building some breathing room at 17-7 with 5.13 to go. So maybe a little bit of a tie for Zach Allen and J.J. Watt as far as fourth down stops. Now the big one that everyone's going to talk about and it's going to make all the highlights is that goal line stop, but the more impactful as far as time of game and position of that ball game, it is going to be those two fourth down Stops by Zach Allen and JJ Watt. Yeah,
1: and then if you want to uh, further that, I mean, the fact that the Cardinals had the ball with four minutes and 12 seconds and give DeAndre Hopkins a ton of credit here. He, he's so smart where he stays in bounds. I mean, smart. That's that, that's offense. Let's just focus okay. on, on the defense. Uh, I'm just on, saying on what they like, did. Right, okay.
0: And uh, you look at those two players, JJ Watt and Zach Allen, combined eight tackles, four tackles for loss.
1: Four quarterback hits, one sack, one pass defensed. And you had another stat. How many holding penalties did J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones equal? They combined to draw
0: four holding penalties on either Trent Williams or Mike McGlinchey. It was either or. Two on each of the 49ers tackles. But of those four, three were accepted. And they all happened in the third quarter. And if those holding penalties aren't called, now we do see Chandler Jones get a sack. We do see J.J. Watt finally get a sack in a Cardinals uniform because that's how much pressure there was in that third quarter in the second half because – you had to hold, and sometimes we don't like it. But if you're an offensive lineman, sometimes it's better to get those minus 10 yards than have your
1: quarterback flat on his back. Yeah, we've always said that. I mean, we we don't like um, you know pre and post snap penalties, uh, but if it's if somebody's going to hit your quarterback, you know. But it was just that entire drive. I mean, the fact that they felt like you know what we got to try to protect this guy, and Chandler Jones was so close. So many times, I mean, it looks like Gumby out there. He's getting so close, and it's going to happen. And he tweeted out, "I tried." He said they they would not let me get to the quarterback last day after the game. He tweeted that out. So
0: that's uh, twice. I think he's tweeted out apologies to the fan base. <laughs> but to your point, when you look, if it, in that's. Why sometimes nationally and even locally, if you don't watch an entire game, you just watch highlights, look at stats, you don't know the impact on certain players. Because as you pointed out last night on Cardinal Talk, you look at the Cardinals' defensive statistics and Chandler Jones's name does not show up at all. No tackles, no sacks, no tackles for loss, quarterback hits, passive defense, nothing. Yet he drew two holding penalties, and was as as disruptive as maybe J.J. Watt was a week earlier. Yet, it's J.J. Watt who on Monday morning as we speak here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals, is being praised because of what he did based off the statistics. Three tackles, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, one pass defense, and then pro football focus saying that Watt earned the highest grade among cardinal defenders for a second straight week over 81% and an 89.1 pass rush grade that's unheard of
1: well and, and and again i think people were you know waiting for him to get a couple sacks and he plays a different position than Chandler Jones obviously if he can win some one on one matchups i do think he's facing some double teams not as much as as he had in Houston but yeah, I mean it's 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 impressive uh, but if you watch the game Chandler Jones he was disruptive. He was everywhere. He was chasing guys down. I mean, he was running to the sidelines. I mean, so yeah, you look at the stats and you go, "Wow, this guy wants a new contract and he had 5 sacks in the, in week 1." But if you watch the game, he made he had an impact on that game from start to finish.
0: Both of those, and they are joined at the hip as far as being able to play together on the field, teammates for the first time. You know, do they line up on the same side, line up on opposite sides? They're moving around, as evidenced by both Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchy getting called for holding penalties. And then Zach Allen, who kind of gets, not, I wouldn't say lost, but he is maybe not quite at that level yet. But more performances like he showed on Sunday, do got to question the celebratory sack dance, and I heard his post-game <laughs> conversation with Paul Calvisi and in and out I heard Zach on uh, meeting the media afterwards. He said it was something that he did at Boston College, and you know and his girlfriend likes it, who's now his fiance. So as long as she likes it, it's all that matters, which is completely one hundred percent true, Zach. So you were doing that right. I just just kind of looked weird, and I don't know. But hey, if that's what he does and it works, then by all means go with it.
1: Now, when when you say maybe he flies under the radar, you know, you know clearly it starts with J.J. Watt and you know Corey Peters just from a you know a guy that's in, in, in Rashad Lawrence too, but because of Chandler and because of J.J. Watt, he's not facing double teams. He's freed up a little bit more, and they they do move him around a little bit, not to where he's you know standing up. So he's benefiting from just number 99 being in uniform because the
0: attention is on the name guys, so who else is going to step up? Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence, Lucky Fotu had a couple of passes defense. That entire defensive line, I think, perhaps had its best performance collectively as a group as far as what they were able to do as far as the rotation and then the impact that they made on plays when it mattered most. They did give up a lot of yards, they did give up a lot of rushing yards, which I want to point out in a moment. But when this defense needs a stop, when it needs to make a play, they are making plays. How many touchdowns did they give up? They gave up one touchdown. Yeah.
1: So, again, you know, stats are they're misleading. You look at, yeah, they had more they uh, had more yards than the Cardinals. but They went for three for ten on third down and one for f- five on fourth down. So you add that up, and the Cardinals made stops when the game was on the line you look and as actually 3 of 11 the 49ers okay, were Okay, 3 of the Cardinals were 3 of 10.
0: Third down, but yeah, to your point when you, when you look at the yards, 338 5.7 yards per play. Yet to your point, one touchdown, 10 total points and a combined 4 of 16 between third and fourth down. So You want to look at numbers or you want to sparse numbers as far as what is going to help your narrative? Yeah, go to the yards, go to the rushing totals and say this is not a great defense, but point to scoring and point to what they did on third and fourth down collectively.
1: What is the most important stat for a defense? Scoring defense. Points allowed.
0: Points allowed, yeah. And now I think they're under 20 a game.
1: Points allowed, yeah. I mean, next thing would be win the turnover battle. They did that.
0: Well, it was dead even. They got one takeaway, and the Cardinals coughed one up as well.
1: But what, what lands through the pick? Yes. And then on the on the goal line with the the Simmons hit. That was just a turnover, turnover on downs. Turnover on downs. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it look this this was a defensive effort that needs to be talked a lot about. Yet at the same time, as this defense moves forward, the issue as far as stopping the run. Now I went back this morning and looked because the I'll go back to what we discussed on Friday's edition of Cardinals Cover Two presented by Hyundai Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and that is the unknown of Trey Lance very little film you knew what they were trying to do and that was make it as simple as possible for him as far as a quarterback a rookie quarterback making his first nfl start and first nfl start on the road at that so if your first read's not there maybe you don't even get to your second read just take off and he did he ran 16 times for 89 yards there were 11 designed runs for 46 yards Five times he scrambled, meaning he was pressured out of the pocket, and those totaled 43 yards. That's hard to defend, and one, it's not sustainable. Ask Russell Wilson, ask Kyler Murray. As Trey Lance gets more and more experience in this league, he'll learn. You've got to be able to stay in the pocket. But when you have a quarterback like that, it becomes very difficult to stop because the coverage is great, yet he is making guys miss and buying time, and then all of a sudden you just take off and there's all kinds of green space in front of you. So I do think some of the rushing numbers from Sunday are misleading, yet at the end of the day it's another game in which the defense allowed better than five yards a rush with the Cleveland Browns ahead, and Nick Chubb, that's not good. At the same time, I don't know if the Cardinals will face another quarterback like Trey Lance this season until they face Lance perhaps later on this year.
1: You know, I I, th- I think it was Kyle Odegaard, our, our former colleague, he um, he kind of compared him to Cam Newton. Cam, Cam Newton, I mean, he, uh, Lance is a little bit thinner. He's 6'4", 6'5", 225. Cam Newton is like 240. Now, our G3... Obviously, he he didn't protect himself and he got thrown around like a rag doll. And then obviously, Shanahan played him. Mike Shanahan played him in the playoffs, and he wasn't the same guy. You look at Josh Allen; he he can he he can take the hits. Um, but if if you're the Niners, clearly they they got to get more weapons. You get George Kittle back, you get the running game going because he's not going to last in this league. But because that shot he took on, and I'm glad he got up. But, but well, he's got to learn how to slide too. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know with being that big, it's a little bit now. Josh Allen, he'll run out of bounds. He will slide. I don't know if he has any baseball background, but it, it, again, he he's going to lay his shoulder down, and that's not going to be beneficial to the organization.
0: Here's what Trey Lance was able to do. We mentioned the 89 rushing yards. Forty ers rushers not named Trey Lance, 12 carries, 63 yards. So the Cardinals did stop the run. Yes. They just had difficulty stopping a Trey Lance. And with very little film, not much time, uh, that's that's the problems you run into when you're facing someone for the first time. And I do think Cardinals will be better prepared, yet at the same time you, know, you can go in with a plan, and the plan goes out the window when you have a quarterback in the pocket that can make people miss. And what we saw out of Kyler Murray in year one, less in year 2 and hardly ever now in year 3 as far as him just taking it off and running it's when necessary and eventually Trey Lance will get to that point when it's necessary but for him it was and Mike Shanahan uh, Kyle Shanahan it was just let's
1: make it as simple as possible for
0: him and it he, he was running for his life a lot of that ball game
1: yeah, and, and that's a great stat you had about how many design runs because based- that's just me rewatching the game. I don't you know no. I, I don't know the play sheet and the play calls, but, but but you could see when there's nobody else involved and he's just running up the middle and you know they felt like they can get, if he can get past to the first uh, level, get to the second level. But that's how, again, that we kind of knew they were going to scale the playbook back. And the fact is, because of his athleticism, but any young quarterback, especially a guy with that arm strength, you're going to overthrow receivers. And he he did that in the preseason. He did that in a small sample when he got a chance to play. And that's where Buddha was able to come in and make that pick. And he, 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 he airmelled some, just yes. like Trevor Lawrence did against the Cardinals. It happens with these young quarterbacks. You know why? Because they don't set their feet.
0: He was off on a few throws, and then he found some tight windows as well, squeezing that football in on third down, and Antonio Hamilton's got good coverage, and Robert Alford's got good coverage, at the football still finds the way into the arms of the receivers, whether it's Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. So there was a lot of good, a lot of bad with respect to Trey Lance, but again, it's about what the Cardinals defensively were able to do and the 63 rushing yards by running backs slash wide receivers, not Trey Lance. I think that's if you want to kind of peel back the onion, so to speak, as far as still what is ailing this defense. It's still the rushing defense, yet where are those rushing yards coming from? And on Sunday, it was you know, mostly from Trey Lance.
1: Now, do you want to get into some of these snap counts just from a standpoint of defensively since we haven't talked about the offense yet? Yeah,
0: the defense, and and you pointed this out on Cardinal Talk. It was later on in the show, but remember that no Byron Murphy, no Marco Wilson, so you're down your top two corners. So what the Cardinals defensively did, and listening to the broadcast with Ron Wolfley, he noticed it right away, and then I started following along. I don't know if the four-down lineman look was because of the injuries in the secondary or if that was the plan going into the contest because of Trey Lance and the 49ers' ability to run. But those first four possessions, the Cardinals played predominantly with four-down linemen, and then they backed off the rest of the ballgame with just three And two linebackers or two down linemen and two outside linebackers. So there was a switch in the first half of that contest. And because of the game plan going in, we saw Isaiah Simmons move around. We saw Zayvon Collins not only start, but play the most snaps of his young career. 34 snaps, better than 50% of the plays that the 49ers ran so that was good to see but again i don't know if that was because hey we need to figure out something because our back end is suffering or hey this is our game plan for this week because of trey lance and the 49ers running the
1: attack i think it's a combination because chase whitaker um robert alford and uh hamilton those are the three guys and they would bring in chase when uh they wanted to go to their dime package they would and they would take uh when they went through the four, um, four-man four rush, they would take out Jalen Thompson?
0: Jalen Thompson was usually out, um, and then sometimes he was close to the line of scrimmage, and Buda Baker was playing deep safety a lot. I mean, literally, would like 10, 15 yards of space around him, just making sure that no one would get behind him. And it's usually Baker that's up close to the line of scrimmage, but because of Jalen Thompson's coverage skills, when they did spread it out, sometimes he was lined up in the slot, or Simmons was lined up in the slot.
1: Yeah, and I really like what uh, Buddha Baker said about Chase uh, Whitaker after the game last night. Just talked about he asked so many questions. He's a student of the game. Um, he's made strides. He said he's one of our guys, man. We, we, we're rooting for him. Um, but the fact is that, you know, obviously he's undersized, but he's been in the system. He's had a ton of reps. He, you know, quite frankly, last year they looked at him as possibly a nickel guy. Now he's on the practice squad because of injuries. Um, but the fact that he had a ton of reps and he's smart enough to pick up the defense, and he's not a liability out there. Now, he's undersized, and, and they did target him as soon as he came out there, which you had to expect. Uh, usually, they did kind of figure out the number, especially you're bringing a guy off with the practice squad. But I, I was glad that Buddha said that, you know what? He's worked hard, and he's very smart, and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes out there.
0: Credited with three tackles, one quarterback hit, nearly had a sack on that hit. And Jace Whitaker is one of those young players. Last season played four games, but he was protected 12 times. So that automatically going into the offseason told anyone that Jace Whitaker, they saw something in him, whether it was going to materialize in 2021 or 2022, but they didn't want to lose him keep him around and someone that they could develop. And he was elevated off the practice squad on Saturday, added to the active roster, and I think acquitted himself very, very well in the time that he was on the football field. 30 snaps out of the 65 that the 49ers ran.
1: Uh, that's And, and, and again, he, here's a guy that uh, can do a lot of different things. He also plays on special teams. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's, it it's not, wasn't ideal going into that game but the Niners were aware that you're missing your two top corners the way Murphy was playing and then obviously Marco Wilson his athleticism he probably would have got a chance to cover with Brian uh, Brandon Ayuk or Samuel just based on size but I think Murphy would have been the matchup on, on Samuel
0: and you look at what the Cardinals did defensively as far as Trey Lance the passer 15 of 29 192 yards he was sacked twice interception a quarterback rating of 58.4 so it was not a factor at all as far as throwing the football it was what Trey Lance did with his legs not his arm
1: yeah and as you pointed out he did make some some tight throws and and I think that's more arm strength um but once again, uh, I just feel like if you if you can get to his uh, feet and, and, and pressure him, he's going to overthrow some passes. And that would and just like any young quarterback, it's just they feel like their arm strength can bail them out. Well, it's the NFL. If you overthrow those receivers, a gets going out of balance or it's going to get picked off.
0: A lot to like defensively, individually, and collectively as a group. As we continue discussing the Cardinals' 17 to 10 win of the 49ers at State Farm Stadium, it is Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's switch it up and talk about the offense. And keep in mind that, as you'd said, we've been spoiled: four straight games, 30 or more points. 400-plus yards of offense, and what happened on Sunday, 17 points, 303 yards of offense. But the Cardinals won, and finding ways to win when you don't play your best, especially on the offensive end, and this little nugget, the first game the Cardinals have won with Kyler Murray at quarterback when the offense has scored fewer than 24 points. They scored 17 and still found a way to win the ball game. Now that's a credit to the defense, but the offense, as we say, complimentary football sometimes, it's the offense, sometimes it's the defense, try to find a nice balance. Sunday it was all about the defense, and the offense, good start, great finish, but in between, seven straight possessions in which it just, I don't know, you said out of rhythm, I'd even say worse than that, just ugly, not good, not in sync, it's like, what are you guys doing? But I think a lot of that was because of the 49ers' defensive
1: front. But also, you were on top of this, though. When Max Williams went down, the Cardinals' offense stalled.
0: Yeah, not to bring this show to a crashing halt, um, <laughs> but as we record this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, nothing official on Max Williams, who in that second quarter had a nice catch and run of 15 yards, but then got hit in the right knee by Emmanuel Mosley and immediately grabbed his right knee. Lost the football out of bounds, but he immediately grabbed that knee and everyone just stopped. And you knew that it was not good. Cliff Kingsbury post game asked about injuries, doesn't give anything. Yet did add when asked about Max, it didn't look good. So that's an indication that this is not going to be good news at some point, whether that's Monday or Tuesday. And you feel for a guy like Max Williams because he was trending towards a career year and a vital part of this offense, and now all of a sudden it's missing. And I think that's what, to your point, when that injury did happen, how much of the game plan revolved around Max Williams to where all of a sudden he's no longer there and you have to adjust and maybe it takes a little bit of time before you're able to adjust and get back on track. And for the Cardinals, it took a lot of possessions before they were able to get back on track.
1: What I think the importance here is loving personnel. He's your guy. I mean, he can block. What do you what do I always refer to him as a meat and potatoes guy? And they're they're so effective, three wide, one tight. He can block. He, and he and he can run down the seam, and there's a trust factor between him and Kyler Murray. So I, I feel for him because he was going to have a career year, and I think he would have been one of those guys. And, and, and the Cardinals have done a good job in recent years. If a guy you know gets hurt and he's got to be out, they would award him with a contract extension. And in this case, that's the last thing on his mind right now. But um, he's a big part of this 11 personnel and, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a guy on the roster that can replace them. They're going to have to either, um, you know, make some calls. Uh, I guess there's, you can look at some street-free agents. But this is a difficult offense and a complex offense to learn on the fly.
0: You have Darrell Daniels right now on the reserve COVID-19 list. He should be able to come back, hopefully knock on Wood sooner rather than later. You've got Ross Travis, who is also a tight end and a big target. But there is just not – Demetrius Harris. And Demetrius Harris, yeah. That There's just not a lot out there, to your point. you know, Do you try to pick up someone – off the streets or acquire someone via trade. A lot of different options, but I do think you're right. This team is going to have to look to address the tight end position and I do think it's worth a more lengthy conversation once we know definitively here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals to the extent of what the injury is and I know it didn't look good and it's probably not going to be good news.
1: Well as you said, it almost a pin dropped in the stadium and in- for the entire team to go over there because, you know, you see a couple players, you know, obviously offensive players, and then you see, you know, defensive players, and the entire team went over there. And then they take them off on a cart. So, again, not we're not speculating um, or I see what happened, but, uh, you know, maybe if they see somebody on somebody else's practice squad, again, they always have a, a short list. Yeah. So it's not like they're sitting there playing uh, darts. They have a list at each position who's the best player out there and that's the why they bring in guys for tryouts just just to have a ready list. So every team has a ready list so they're not going to be caught with their pants down. Now it's a now it's a case of what are they looking for that they can come in and play.
0: All right. So let's go to what you pointed to as far as that really affecting what the Cardinals were able to do against the 49ers. That drive was right before the end of the first half and the missed field goal. They didn't have any timeouts, and the field goal unit rushed out onto the field, and Matt Prater was wide right on a 61-yard attempt. You'd love to have seen him if he had his ability to kind of relax and get set. He didn't, and the Cardinals really were disjointed. From that moment when Max Williams got hit, that rest of that drive, the next three possessions, the next four possessions, excuse me, before that final scoring drive with 7.49 to go in which the Cardinals, Kyle Murray to DeAndre Hopkins for a nine-yard touchdown. So four-plus possessions. The Cardinals ran 18 plays for a total of 50 yards. And that's the out-of-sync, out-of-rhythm, the disjointed offense following the Max Williams injury. There were a couple of three and outs. There was the punt and then a Chase Edmonds fumble and it didn't take until the final two drives of that ball game for the offense to kind of get things back in control of what was like that snowball rolling down the hill. They could never kind of get in front of it until that second-to-last possession.
1: Now, we also had the fumble from Chase Edmonds. Can't have that happen. No, and he's really good with the ball. And you got to yeah. I, I, they showed the uh, the uh, 49ers player on the bench. And he said, "I I tried to punch it out. You know, he yeah can't have that because that that that's a stalled drive right there, or a turnover. You know, so that that to me played a role on how the offense kind of stalled a little bit.
0: And you wonder how much the shoulder injury might have affected because it was James Conner who finished out the game on that last drive. Chase Edmonds was not on the field during those
1: final plays. Even though Chase played more than Connor yeah. based on the snap count. Maybe that was earlier in the game. Um, let's just go back to that before. Kyler Murray's got to throw the ball away. You, before Instead of half. taking the sack. Yeah. I mean, it. again, I, I understand they had to take the timeout after the sack. It was first and 15 to 36, and they took a timeout there. That was their third timeout. But he's got to throw the ball away. And he, I mean, he, to me, he, he, it's funny. He went back to some of his bad habits yesterday, drifting backwards, drifting backwards, trying to outrun guys when they're 280 pounds, but they're taking a different angle and he's trying to, you know, run run around. And again, I'm going to, I live with it because I see the upside and he, he gets out of traffic. So it's, it's the good and bad, but, He's made so much so much strides this year. I, I don't I don't want to say you know bad habits, but I, it, it reminded me of last year, even in his rookie season, when he plays teams like the Niners, like teams that have good front fours that can get to him without him being able to slide outside the pocket.
0: It was not a good day for Kyle Murray. Yeah, that opening drive was outstanding, and the finish was great, but he dropped two snaps, which I don't know if I've ever seen him drop a snap, and they were good snaps. From either Rodney Hudson or Max Garcia, and then he missed a wide open DeAndre Hopkins on third and goal. There was no one anywhere close to D Hop, and when he finally threw the ball, he threw it low, and Hopkins couldn't get his hands underneath it.
1: Yeah, and and to me, he was upset with himself on that play. And, and the, the defender came in, and he kind of signed out, but he in the end zone, and he was upset. And I was hoping he'd come back after that next drive, and he, and it didn't happen. Uh, did that, did they get points out of that? on in the next drive
0: on the next drive after the missed? yeah though that was the drive that ended with the missed field goal right before the okay, end of the first okay. half so he I, he was
1: stewing about that for a long long time he was time. Uh, you can tell on the bench he was not happy about that so yeah it's like i said I, I i we've talked about him running out of bounds and and he you know taking a sack i he does so much i mean he's he's human and he, he wants to be perfect and, and you can strive for it and be great Um, But he does a lot of great things. So, uh, you know, again, he's he's trying to get out of traffic. And, unfortunately, there's 11 other guys chasing him.
0: The negative plays, the penalties, false start, holding calls, this team put themselves behind the sticks more times than not. 3 of 10 on third down, but, MJ, they were 0 of 5 on third and 10-plus. And that isn't good. So, half of your third downs, you were looking at – having to gain 10 or more yards to convert. And they failed on all five of those. In fact, they failed to convert on their last five third downs. They didn't have a third down conversion in the entire second half. So the offense made it a lot more difficult on themselves. Yet at the same time, I do think that 49ers defense, including able to get pressure with just four guys, made it more difficult for Kyler Murray than he's had to deal with all season long.
1: Yeah, and, and Garcia, I thought he did a nice job coming in, but when you lose your top offensive lineman, the guy that makes the calls, and, and Max Garcia's been a veteran, and he's, he's earned the right to, to be that guy. It, it's just that, you know, um, um, like I said, I, when I look at the the offensive line, I still think it's the strength of this team, and they're going to go as far as Kyle Murray will take them and the protection. And I think the run blocking and pass protection, um, some weeks it's better than others, and then when they get when they can run the ball like for 216 yards against the Rams, they're winning the line of scrimmage. I don't know if they won the line of scrimmage yesterday.
0: Hudson dealing with rib injuries. Kyler Murray, though, sounded a little bit optimistic that Hudson will be okay. My guess is he'll be day-to-day, and this is like a Kelvin Beecham thing. How do you feel during the course of the week? You wake up on Sunday morning, can you go or not? Beecham did return Sunday after missing the previous two weeks, and hopefully Rodney Hudson is good. Remember, Justin Murray placed on injured reserve. Reserve on Friday, so he's got to miss at least two more games. So he's not available. And if Hudson's out, then it does hurt your depth. And I do hope that again we're talking about short-term injuries with respect to the offensive line and not a long-term injury.
1: What are the uh, two injuries? Is here we're hearing a lot about
0: calf and ribs. And ribs, yeah. It's, it's it's odd, very strange, especially rib injuries.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, having the shoulder pads, but guys do punch you in the ribs. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and it, even with the rib injury, it becomes difficult to breathe. Well,
1: it's 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 also the cartilage. They say, I mean, you can have a, I mean, a, you know, fractured ribs. I mean, it's hard to breathe, but it's the cartilage that has to heal before the ribs gonna heal. I mean, it's it's I, I actually was playing basketball. on Story time, uh Oh. We were up in Flagstaff, and, you know, the Cardinals had training camp up there, and we would get the media together and play some uh, basketball. And, of course, you had the altitude. And so, um, well, you know, I was playing basketball, and Kent Summers, um, he uh, he turned around and he elbowed in the elbow in my rib cage, and he broke my ribs.
0: Kent Summers
1: assaulted
0: you? <laughs> That's the headline out of this edition of Cardinals Covered 2 presented by Hyundai. No, well, you know, I, I,
1: I, I, I'm like a skeleton, so it didn't take a whole lot of hit. But, it, man, it, it, I, I felt it for four days, and I kept pushing my ribs, and I could tell they were broken.
0: You didn't do anything? To, you just, you just no, I did. Rest. I went yeah. to the
1: doctor, and they gave you this this thing you got to make sure your lungs your lungs don't get filled up. Now, somebody mentioned in the press box to me, do you feel like the Cardinals are losing So when you're watching this game? Like, at some point, like, did you feel like they were down in the game?
0: No, I just figured that the talent would win out, and I think at the end of the day it did with the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown and the way they were able to assault away the last 4-12.
1: So you never felt like the game going to get away, or you never felt like
0: nah, – No, you get a little nervous when it's yeah. 10-7, and it's, you know, like, look, guys, I mean, we know you're better than this, talking about the offense. And let's not – let's not, you know – BW downers with respect to the offense. I want to, I want to close this edition yes. of the show on a positive note and focus on two players in particular, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore. D-Hop, more involved, and he was, I think, outstanding. And what we have seen for the previous, what, 16, 17 years when quarterbacks come into the building and you realize that you got number 11, Larry Fitzgerald, I'm open throw me the ball, and it takes some time, that trust. I think we're seeing now in year two that trust between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop is the new Larry Fitzgerald when it comes to we need to play. It's third down. It's third and long. It's late in the game. We need to convert. We need someone to say throw the ball to me. And number 10 has become number 11 here in 2021, because it was the throw across the field, which quarterbacks are not supposed to do, yet Kyler Murray did it. That went for 30 yards, and then the throw for the touchdown with Josh Norman. I don't know what more he could have done as far as blanket coverage, and Hopkins still came up with the catch. And as he said, post game, better catch by eye. <laughs> So he went back to the well on that, as he did on the hill, Murray, a year ago.
1: Okay, I jumped a gun a little bit earlier. How about, let's end with this, though. Four minutes and 12 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Outstanding. Cardinals, basically, uh, the Niners used their timeouts, and the Cardinals possessed the ball four minutes and 12 seconds, and they went in the victory formation, I want to say, just below the two-minute warning. That's that's how you finish games.
0: And the play that you referenced or brought up earlier in the show, maybe better than that 30-yard catch, better than the touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins catching the ball for 11 yards, realizing he's near, close to the sideline, doesn't want to get pushed out of bounds, literally takes a seat, takes a seat to stay in bounds to keep that clock moving. Smartest play of the game.
1: Couldn't agree more. And when you listen to Hopkins, he's a student of the game. He knows the history of the game. He knows where he he, he stands and different. He but again, at the end of the day, he wants to win. He knows he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the in the Hall of Fame where he's trending in that direction. But he's been in the league long enough, and he knows when you get to the postseason, that's your coming out party. And he's been there before, but it's been short lived by getting knocked out in the first round.
0: Hopkins targeted nine times, six catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. The other wide receiver slash running back. How about Rondell Moore leading the team in rushing and had the second most receiving yards? We detailed this on Cardinal Talk. If you include what he did on special teams, he touched the ball nine times for 109 yards. Much more involvement from number four than we had seen in previous weeks.
1: Yeah, and then Christian Kirk, you know, he was targeted, you know, Each week you're going to have a guy that may have only had one catch, and that would have been A.J. Green yesterday. The previous week it was Christian Kirk. So that's the beauty about spreading the ball around because every week somebody else is going to step up. And, and, you know, we talked about it when we did the live look and from the sidelines. You know, that was a game where, you know, based on their secondary, I wanted to see Hopkins more involved. And I thought I'd get him involved early in the game to keep him engaged. Not say he's not engaged, but when you start feeding the the guy the ball – you know he's going to try to you know, get open even more from a standpoint of, hey, I'm open, and you don't have to tell me. Just show me, and Kyler will throw the ball to him.
0: Second quarter, and there was a third and seven, and Kyler Murray threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins for 23 yards, and he was interfered with on that play when they were backed up at their own one-yard line. But early on, the passes to A.J. Green, to Christian Kirk, to try to maybe open things up for DeAndre Hopkins because if a Kirk, a Moore, and a Green are going well, then all of a sudden the defense naturally is going to have to slide and get their eyes towards that side of the field. And all of a sudden that means more room, more space for DeAndre Hopkins to where he can in the fourth quarter have that 30-yard catch and then the confidence from the quarterback to throw it to a covered DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone for six.
1: Yeah, and – I don't want to bring this up, but Max Williams helps a lot of those guys out there because, you know, again, he's the perfect 11 uh, personnel um, uh, tight end. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. And you're talking about the middle of the field, and that's somewhere Kyler's definitely improved 11 to 19 yards. Uh, That was an area where you would have thought his uh, percentage would be a lot higher. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, just having the tight end down the middle of the field opens things up on the outside, and then when when Rondo Moore and Kirk get the ball in their hands, they can make plays yards after catch.
0: And you might see now the adjustment from Kingsbury to utilize Kirk and Moore down the middle to try to hopefully not – you're not going to replace a Max Williams, but kind of utilize that area of the field with two smaller receivers who do have the speed once they catch it to get some yards after – get some yak yards. Can
1: we see more 10 personnel? You can't li- – I mean, you can't do it every down. Yeah. But they have the players to do it. And then if you want to go five wide – and they showed that. They showed five wide at like – A lot. A lot. With the tight end as sometimes a slot receiver. Or Chase Edmonds in the backfield. And then he would go in motion. So – Um, they'll have to come up with something, but obviously you're going to have to uh, address that position, and uh, like I said, each team has a ready list, and so I'm sure they're already working the phones. Hopefully
0: the Cardinals welcome back Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson this week. Hopefully the news is good on Rodney Hudson, and then we will wait to see with respects to Max Williams, but he is going to miss time and Heck, by the time you listen to this episode of Cardinals Cover 2, he might have been already placed on injury reserve and ruled out for the season. But, uh, again, it did not look good. We will discuss this further, and now the questions become, what do you do? But this team, bottom line, MJ, you look at the standings in the NFC West, Cardinals 5-0, and 2-0 in the division, one game better than the Rams, three games clear of the 49ers and Seahawks.
1: Who would have thought this? I mean, everyone talked about you know could three teams come out of this division and and I'm not gonna uh, you know Seattle's in a bad, a bad situation when I say that just because of Russell Wilson. Um, they showed Jimmy Garoppolo working out before the game, light tosses and stuff like that. So is is Kyle Shanahan trying to win games or is he trying to develop a quarterback? So I think the Niners, you know, they still have some weapons and if they get George Kittle back, they could be a, they could be a spoiler. And unfortunately for them, they just can't afford, you know, more and more losses. Um, and if they want to go with the rookie quarterback, then you're playing for next year. But they don't have any draft picks. Cardinals
0: in the lead through five games. And as we did last Monday, I'll end with Brenson Buckner. Move on Monday. We enjoy a victory Monday, but it is a move on Monday because Cardinals once again 1-0 for the first five weeks of the regular
1: season. And I love the mindset from the from the coaching staff to the players. And you hear, I mean, you hear that. Listen to the press conference, one game at a time, one day at a time. Let's get better on the practice field. And it, and it, and actually, the way they practice translate to how they play. This team is so competitive in practice, and you, you can just see the unity uh, on this roster. They they trust each other. I mean, uh, this is a team right here. There's not a, there's not any individuals. Now my only concern would be the veterans have to police these young guys because if they think they're 5-0, and 0, they arrive. No, this is a long haul. This is a 17-game schedule, and I trust the leadership in that locker room to keep these guys focused and keep your head down and, and, and don't be reading the headlines.
0: As Branson Buckner tweeted, all that they have accomplished, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but all that they have accomplished is that the Cardinals in 2021
1: cannot go 4-13. and <laughs> That's it. He's the must-follow after a game. I love it. He's the best. <laughs> and it, it's real simple. It's like in his wisdom, and we know how much he means to that D-line and how much respect he has for his players and you know he knows he knows they got to do a better job and that's why they work hard in practice
0: he should be very proud of what that defensive line did on Sunday against Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers a lot to get into but for right now we'll just focus on this 49ers contest we'll turn the page later on this week and on that note we will put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim omohandro for mike jarecki i'm greg riolu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two